0: Welcome to Saving the Game.
1: listeners. It's Brandon from Saving the Game. I'm cutting into this episode to give an apology and an announcement. First of all, I want to apologize for my sound quality this episode. I was having problems with my mic that were not discovered until after recording. However, the problem should be fixed by next episode. Additionally, I would like to announce that on September 12th, 13th, and 14th, I will be attending Save Against Fear. It is a fundraising role-playing game convention on by the Bodhana Group. If you're interested in learning more about the Bodhana Group, may I suggest listening to Episode 25, Therapeutic Role Play, where we interview Jack Birkenstock of the Bodhana Group. I highly advise you go listen to it, and I highly advise that if you're in the Lancaster, Pennsylvania area on September 12th, 13th, or 14th, or otherwise can be, that you make an appointment to attend the Save Against Fear Convention. The website of that can be found at www.saveagainstfear.com. Thank you, and please enjoy this episode.
0: Welcome to Saving the Game, I'm Peter.
1: And I'm the only one who cares about the listeners. (laughs) (laughs) Also known as Brandon.
0: We are still without Grant, but this should be the last episode that we are without him for, for at least a while, obviously. All of us will probably miss at least one more episode in the future if we continue to record for long enough. But he should be back next episode, so that's something to look forward to. But in the meantime, Brandon had the idea for tonight's episode in that he wanted to kind of use me as a guinea pig to use him as a slave to put together all the stuff from the Science of Storytelling (laughs) series. Do I mostly have that correct? Is that about what you're wanting to do here?
1: I prefer to not use such negative uh verbiage as calling you a guinea pig and me a slave. Instead I wanna focus more on giving a example of all we've covered so far. And
0: specifically in science of storytelling, yes, right?
1: In science of storytelling. No, over the entire history of the podcast. Like Oh
0: boy. <laughs> I got some listening to do. I'll be back in about three days. <laughs>
1: Awesome! I just, you know, postponed recording. Yay. Alright,
0: so um before we get into that though, we uh we have two scripture verses this week, as we are wont to do. Brandon, you've got the one from the old testament, so why don't you start?
1: Proverbs four thirteen. Hold on to instruction. Do not let it go. Guard it well, for it is your life.
0: And I have Luke six forty. A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Yes, we actually have two short ones this week. We kept it nice and pithy instead of reading entire sections of, you know... Job. <laughs> Did we ever read an entire section of Job? I know we've done from the Gospels, and I think perhaps even from uh, some of the Old Testament stories, but uh, I don't think we've ever read a huge chunk of Job.
1: No, I don't know. Just...
0: That'll be a bonus episode. <laughs> The three hosts just sit around and read from Job. <clears throat> Be sure to tune into, you know... It's a depressing Christian podcast radio. <laughs> we'll skip all of the ha- the parts at the end where, you know, God rewards his faithfulness and stuff, and just read the parts where it describes his misery in the middle.
1: And they all <laughs> died, and that's the end of our story.
0: And that's exactly what we're trying to avoid in this episode, basically. All right, so... I have kind of a, a, a vague outline of what we're going to do here, but for both my sake and the listeners, what kind of structure do you want this to take, Brandon? Should I just start throwing ideas at you and you roll with them? Do you want to describe an entire campaign? Or are we going to do world building? How is this going to go?
1: I think uh, for the purpose of this discussion, um, we're going to act like I'm the GM, per se, and okay. you're the group of players. Okay. Um, so that means you get to have multiple personalities that want conflicting things that I might have to work into a story. Now, because I'm the GM, I'm going to set a couple uh, ground rules about this game. It is going to be a medieval fantasy game. And it's okay. going to be set in Pathfinder simply because I know you understand Pathfinder, I know I understand Pathfinder, so... Now,
0: are we talking Galarian, or just the Pathfinder rules?
1: Pathfinder rules. I do not know Galarian.
0: All right, so, generic D&D-style game. hmm What kind of input do you want from me? Are we basically just going to do a group template here?
1: Oh, kind of. Well, first, that's actually what I'm going to go on with you about. I'm going to throw you a link here in a second, and it's a link that you should already have. I'm going to bring out back something that you dread and gave you nightmares. Behold.
0: Oh, the types of story outline. (laughs) (laughs) The
1: 12-page outline.
0: Yes, the outline of doom. (laughs) It isn't actually 12 pages. (laughs) Where is it?
1: (laughs) I think it's at least 6 or 7. It is 11 pages. (laughs) Wow.
0: Okay, so... Do you basically just want me to describe a player group and then request a type of story out of here and you're going to do
1: that? Uh, First, let's um, uh, uh, pick a type of story out here. Um, And then we'll go on to the player group. Uh, Okay. Because a lot of times, this might be something that I would set up if I was running the game, is be like, okay, I'm comfortable telling this kind of story. I'm comfortable telling this kind of story. But for right now, for the sake of this little challenge here, I want to put... It on you, I'm now. I'm. I will say, I will be within my rights to say, I don't think that works good as an RPG plot. Pick, give me a second choice. Uh, sure, yeah,
0: and I'm obviously not going to intentionally try and sabotage you here. I will try and make you sweat a little bit, but okay. let's do superhero. All right. Okay. So we've got we've got extraordinary man finds himself in an ordinary world, Uh, right? That's kind of the the basic premise here.
1: Alright, so for this setting, we're probably going to be playing a more high-powered campaign. Uh, This is probably not going to be a level 1, level 4 campaign. This is probably going to be up there level 10 at the lowest, 12, or 15. Uh, So pretty powerful heroes because uh, then they will be extraordinary people.
0: All right, so what do you want next from me? Do you want me to describe the player group and their characters?
1: I want you to describe me a group of at least four players. Oh,
0: let's see here. I'll I'll draw some in- inspiration from some people that I've actually played with. Um, player number one uh, is a guy who really enjoys playing uh, darker tinged heroes. He uh, he favors vampires, necromancers, that sort of thing that happened to be on the side of the good guys. He is a very talented role player, but likes a lot of spotlight time, and tends to be very entertaining, kind of both in and out of the game, and, and walks the line between those at the table. Never really disruptive, but a lot of spontaneous jokes and stuff. That's, that's your first player.
1: All right, so... Uh- um,
0: Based on a good friend of mine, by the way.
1: Guy enjoys playing dark heroes, vamp necros, but on the side of good. Talents are appear like spotlight time. Jokes are in a good way. Yes. All right. Carry on.
0: Okay. Um, second one. A woman who likes playing combat wrecking machines uh, will typically go for barbarians or fighters in a D&D type of setting. She's very intelligent, but she's kind of quiet at the table. She's definitely going to contribute, she's not going to totally hang back, but she's not going to be quite as natural jumping into the spotlight as the first guy.
1: Okay. For player two, I wrote female bulldozer wrecking ball, and then I just wrote the word David, because that describes one of my players. Okay. (laughs) Like, he's there, he's actually one of my good friends. Uh, In the game we played, he's not really a big role player, he kind of sat back and did things, but anyway, so... We've got a female David. Got that.
0: Well, and the, and the person I'm thinking of does contribute. They're just not as ebullient as the first one. All right. The third one is your stereotypical casual player. Um, she's She's there because she's attached to somebody else. Very nice person. Very intelligent, but not super confident being in the spotlight. Tends to play sneaky characters, rogues, bards, that sort of thing. Also tends to play those characters fairly quiet and likes to work, you know, kind of behind the scenes. Has a low tolerance for being put in perilous situations a lot. Kind of doesn't like the golden box messed with too much. Uh, And has um, some fairly thick lines and veils about really dark and scary and upsetting themes.
1: All right, so... My notes so far. I'm I'm going kind of silly with this. Anti Sarah because you basically just described the opposite of David's girlfriend, who I played with. All the things that you're like, oh, she's shy, she's quiet, and things like that. She's only like the 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 disattached gamer girlfriend. No, completely not true. But I threw that in there as a thing. She's a rogue, but in a good way. Low tolerance for my games. Doesn't like the good stuff. <laughs> I'm joking here, of course. I'm Right. So the one thing I'm going to say is, what level are you uh, gauging her tolerance level at? Is this, like, line or veil? Because you mentioned the lines or veils, so this would be something where I would have asked the players...
0: Depends on the specific subject matter. If you run down the list, um, I can tell you All line right. or veil.
1: So, hmm. see, I'm really not good at running down, like, the, the list here. I usually have the players say well, I don't think I'm comfortable with this, I don't think I'm comfortable with this, could you give me a baseline for Sarah's, or anti-Sarah's comfortability thing?
0: Tyranny and brutality against innocent people is a fairly thick veil. Uh, it can be happening in the background, but, you know, should happen off-camera. And the, uh, the after effects shouldn't be too graphic either. Being forced to sit there and, like, really passionately argue with somebody upsets this person in the real world, so that's that's a line. All At right. least for her character, so she
1: won't be the person who's going to get into the the arguments. But then again, no. I in have, fact,
0: actually, anything that would make somebody upset in the game will probably carry out of the game to a certain extent.
1: In the nine way, okay, okay. If I'm going to have any debaters, we already have player one to handle that. She can just hang right. back. So yeah. uh, w- while our necro lord, uh, our, our necro vampire lord, you know, arguing the finer points of like abolishing slavery. With the Slave Masters, she can, you know, be sitting on the sidelines and uh, doing something else with the female.
0: She can be s- stealing all of the Slave Masters' jewels or something. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um. Let's see here. You know what? I'll throw myself in as the last player. Right. I tend to play clerics and paladins. Um, <laughs> <laughs> shocking. I tend to play characters that are that are good but a little bit hard-edged and sometimes have a little bit lower of a so-be-it threshold than maybe okay. they should have.
1: Okay, so player four is Petey the Paladin. Yeah. Or Petey the Pally, as I have here. Alright, so, currently, um, we kind of know that uh, we've got a barbarian, a female barbarian, a female rogue, we've got a cleric or a paladin, and then we've got someone who I'm probably going to have to argue with for uh, a couple hours until we finally get how his necro-vampire... Yeah, um, on the team of good guys, actually work looks look stat wise, but in the end, it's going to be awesome. So the question I have is, what is the player one playing? Because I can sort of get the idea of what what you've brought me is character wise for them. Because what the players want is is a, is all well and good, but I'm now more focusing on the story.
0: Okay, so I've than, I've given you, you know, like the character archetypes of the players themselves and the kinds of players that they tend to play. Mm-hmm. You now want like the kind of tropes that they enjoy, or
1: well, um. What class is player one playing?
0: Uh, He's probably playing a specialist wizard and has a vampire template of some kind.
1: All right. Spec wizard.
0: In fact, actually, based on that guy's play, I would say he's probably playing like an arcane trickster kind of thing. So rogue slash wizard. And he'll probably focus right. on necromancy and mind control spells.
1: So um, and then we've got a female barbarian, a female rogue and the paladin. A yep. uh, question I'm going to have for the group right now is this group template. Why isn't Petey the Paladin shoving swords down the vampire's throat currently?
0: Well, because based on that particular player's history, that character that he's just described will still be good aligned. Mm-hmm. Probably chaotic good, but, like, actually good.
1: Oh, I, I, understand. I understand what it is. What I'm looking for is what is the backstory? As why your somewhat hardline paladin is not killing the vampire. Basically, I'm, I'm polishing the group template here.
0: Okay, so I would actually say that those two already uh, have a history, a fairly positive history, even one saved the other's life or something. Perhaps even have have certainly worked together in the past.
1: All right. I'm going to say that the vampire saved your life, possibly okay. before or after, because then that's a that's if the, the the paladin saving the vampire's life doesn't make much sense for the paladin then not chopping off the vampire's head. Well,
0: and I will also say that my paladins tend to be hardline when it comes to evil conduct, but not real quick to jump to conclusions based on what species you are. All right. Or what templates you may have. Because I I personally find that contemptible, so...
1: Which is very good for the... um. Uh, creation of this game okay so you've got a superhero game with this group um
0: oh by the way you also have four humans based on previous experience
1: four humans well one thing that i would say is that they're already an established group okay they've been questing for a while they've come up with their various plots and background stories which would take entirely too many brains than we have here to flesh them all out
0: right and that's not your job as the gm anyway
1: it's not my job as the gm but we have the extraordinary people right there, right, who is their shadow, their bad guy, their nemesis?
0: well, uh let's see here. I'm guessing maybe some kind of a lawful evil inquisitor ish type that wants to hunt down the first guy who's part of the same overarching organization as my character
1: All right, so we've got a lawful evil in
0: um, probably a powerful one—a cardinal Richelieu kind of figure. All
1: right. Those words don't mean things to me, but I'm sure they're important.
0: Cardinal Richelieu? Yeah. Oh boy. Okay. Um. <laughs>
1: it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. He's the
0: archetype that a lot of fictional corrupt religious figures are based on. I, I'm. I. He was a real guy. Yeah, I, I <laughs>
1: assumed that was probably what it was. All right. So we got a lawful evil inquisitor. All right. So. So we know who the nemesis is. What are some of the flaws of these characters?
0: Well, for character number one, it should be fairly obvious. He's going to be battling with his own dark nature the whole time. Uh, cravings for blood, he's not going to be able to go out in the sunlight, that sort of thing. So that's going to be, that's going to be pretty, pretty easy to deal with, I would think.
1: All right.
0: Um, for the second one, it's probably going to be Wrath, because, you know, Barbarian, short-temper, that sort of thing. Third
1: one. All right. Hmm. I already have oh. what I'm going to do in my head. Okay. Uh, do
0: you do you want to finish with the second two first, or? Uh,
1: you can throw them out there, but I already kind of have an idea of what. They're okay, going to be.
0: so the thief's probably going to be the stereotypical Greed. greedy thief. And the fourth and, one's going to be pride. Uh, probably not actually. Probably not. Oh. Yeah, probably wrath again. All right. Tends to tends to get overly angry at injustice and mistreatment of people that shouldn't be in that sort of thing.
1: Two Wraths, own dark nature, which will probably be, you know, gluttony, lust, things like that. And Agreed. agreed. Alright, so, what's great here is now I I have the curse, and it's even going to be religious. Let's do this. Alright, so the opening image. Probably start setting out here with the group, they're together, they've, um, I'll have them do some opening RP about what they've just done. The adventures that they've just gone. With this, there's going to be a. um, They're they're going to be called upon in the tavern. Someone's going to come up to either the paladin or someone else to discuss a crime that has just taken place in the town, in hopes that him and player one will come, thus dragging the whole group along. Okay. The paladin's going to kind of be put into the spotlight here just a little bit, with letting player one sort of stand on the edges and grab and be the you know voice of reason. Here where they sort of discuss a crime of passion that took place and sort of, uh, I, I'd lay out the evidence of the crime of what sort of went on here and basically um, have the people turn to your character and ask to meet out some sort of justice or sentence or something like that in response to how this person's, you know, crime of passion or crime of nature,
0: just okay.
1: worked out with So that. there's
0: the opening image, yeah. and then for the larger arc?
1: Um, and that actually might go through a, a little bit of uh, a couple different, you know, crimes that we have the group sort of sit in judgment on, uh, because the town mayor has asked them to do so. Okay,
0: something. so the paladin is kind of being used as a magistrate for some reason. Then. Yeah,
1: probably, I'll, okay. I, I would make some excuses, you you have been through this town before, they trust your judgment. Um, their own paladins are away, you are obviously a man of, you know, law and order, and who better to, you know, preside in this over, I guess, the killing of... One of the things is the killing of the judge. (laughs) Like, okay. (laughs) So, the old guy just got knocked off. How about you? (laughs) Passing traveler.
0: (laughs) It's like the, uh, scene at the beginning of Tombstone, where... The actual sheriff gets shot, and it's like, well, now what?
1: For uh, the setup and theme stated, I would probably delve a little bit deeper into your guys' characters. Uh, probably set up a couple of scenes going on individually where uh, each one of you is tested with something that you feel is um, a weakness. And let your character either you know give in to that weakness or stand up and push it away. Uh, probably not not anything too big. Probably something that's very easy to push away, things like that. We we get more into sort of this discussing this quest that you guys are on currently for whatever it is, and that is when a messenger is going to ride into town. Okay, the messenger will be delivering a letter to possible one of the characters, depending on the background story. Uh, of the characters, I would very likely have taken something or someone that the that you guys all or uh, one of you in particular holds dear and it's a letter from the magistrate saying, "This is just the first thing until I have my justice, there will be no end. okay to what I am doing to try to like mete out my justice against you. Th- this is a scene that probably could come close to uh, maybe possibly tweaking. Layer three, that would be something that I would really watch out for. Okay, um, is to make sure that like I want the tone of the scene to say this guy is horrible. This guy just did something that you find abhorrent, so that I am clearly saying to you, no matter how this guy has been given power and justification to do these acts, he is not in the right. Uh, sort of, sort of okay. the kick the dog moment. Like, boom, we're. He, he went through and he, he burned the village. He burned the villages where you guys came from to the ground. Like people survived, okay. but the village is gone.
0: Okay. Um, and
1: now here's here. You're going to sort of have the, you know, debate about how you guys are going to go about this. And I'll, I, 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 again, of course, step back and I'd let you all talk amongst yourselves about, um, do we go after him first? How do we go about here? And the more that you talked about this, the more I would uh, come up with various hints about his backstory. Like, uh, do you want to try to go out and confront him in person? Do you want to try to go and seek challenge in his homeland and try to, you know, go like, well, you did this to me, we're doing the same to you, which is probably not something that you guys would do, given your sort of state of characters.
0: Yeah, I I think it would probably be something more to the effect of clearly this person is dangerous and needs to be stopped, and there would be unanimous mm-hmm. agreement.
1: Yes. And then the way would be how, how best to go about stopping him. Uh, a full a full front on confrontation, or do you guys want to go around and try to get more information and more power before you go in and, you know, kind of break this guy down? All right.
0: So, based on, based on prior experience... Um, Players 1 and 3 would definitely be all over getting more information and would go and um, probably don some disguises and try and infiltrate this guy's organization for a while and find out what they can from the inside as much as possible and then come and report back to the other two.
1: Okay, well, I would say that that's a great plan. That'll involve moving to a... Destination that is a couple days ride away, or a couple weeks ride away, possibly. Um, right. So that would mean that either we're splitting the group, and you never split the group. Oh no, the
0: the two knuckle draggers would, I'm sure, you know, find other things to keep themselves busy while it okay. was going on. All
1: <laughs> right. So so you guys you guys would all right. So you guys are going to walk into town. So so the base would have been settled. So um, uh, on the way there, I think we'd probably have you guys come across the a couple other villages, and we'd explore more of the world. Uh, I'd have some, a whole lot more character-defined moments. Uh, this is where the individual subplots for each character would sort of start coming into play. Since I don't know the actual backstories of these characters, right. I can't make that up.
0: Well, and I mean, it, that, would, that would take more time than we have for this episode anyways, most yes, likely. Indeed. So, uh,
1: to, all right, so that, that would cover, basically, the break into two, which is you guys setting off into the world, the D story, which is all your other plot lines, which sort of are getting resolved or worked on or brought to the forefront during the journey. Okay. Um, uh, there. Once you reach the destination, that is the midpoint. Um, you guys are there. Uh, you guys are going to try to do your infiltration. Uh, okay. And then that is where uh, I, I'd probably drop some information. I'd probably find something else. Because uh, again,. This is going to take a whole lot more time and a whole lot more thought than an hour uh, me doing it on the fly. but
0: yeah, absolutely. And I don't think anybody expects you to have this ready to write a novel out of Brandon. It's just you're illustrating how the the GM's thought process works using some of the stuff that you've illustrated already in prior
1: episodes Players two and you uh, player two and you, I would have something that you guys are going off and doing that is of the exact same amount of importance. And this is where you guys would be given a really hard challenge that you have to meet, either as a group or as individuals. And you will either, buy your thing, succeed or fail based on what goes on. So let's say I'm going to mainly focus on the infiltration. Okay. So here we have with the infiltration. If the infiltration is successful, your characters will learn his plans. You'll learn a little bit about his weaknesses. You'll learn a little bit about what he's um, uh, he's trying to do next. Uh, probably, okay. Uh, he's going to go to I don't know some sort of big, huge town and raise that to the ground um, next. And you have to stop him. Uh, in false defeat, you'll be um, uh, captured, um, uh, or the, the people who are there are captured and they're brought in and they're you know locked up, and then you guys either have to break them out and in the process, either get captured at which point you all have to break out <laughs> or, um, uh, wait until this guy kind of, you know, comes to you, which would be depending on what happens. Uh, the bad guys closing in either. It's you guys are running away, but now you're being chased because they discovered your ruse when you went, when you tore off your disguises and grabbed the, you know, secret document, and then jumped out the window. Uh, or if they, were like, pulled off your mask and they're like, hey, you guys, and threw you in jail. Okay. Uh, then you come to the all-this-lost moment. Now, at this point, I would have had to have um, uh, found something. Give me something that you all would have cared about as a group.
0: Okay. Hard to say without actually playing through the game. You know what? I'll make you sweat. How about the, the, the group really cares about each other and their team dynamic?
1: All right. And they really care about each other and their team dynamic. All right, at this point, I'm going to pull Player One aside. I'm going to ask um, uh, if he would be willing to lose control of his character.
0: For uh, let's assume that he says no, because I'm pretty sure that would
1: be okay. his answer. All right. So he said... He,
0: Once again, this is a this is a non-hypothetical individual that I'm <laughs> thinking of here. All right.
1: So here... Um, uh, all right. This is this is all right. So this is exactly what what's going to happen. So um, uh, eventually um, the person either catches up with you, or he is um, uh, uh or you know, he comes to the you know things and you're all led into his presence in chains. At which point he basically okay. kind of starts sitting down and sort of you know monologuing, for lack of a better word, about like your you know how you're all evil, horrible, terrible, terrible people. Which I'm assuming you're all gonna like. Try to call him on and say, "No, we're not. We're the good guys." Yeah. Uh, at which point he's. Li-
0: Once again, be careful of setting off player three here.
1: Um, how so?
0: Remember, stuff that would be really upsetting in game will carry outside the game. Ah, okay. Well, he, he's,
1: he, he's 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 going to start making um. False uh,
0: accusations, basically.
1: Yeah, false accusations. Okay. All right. There would probably be some NPCs that were coming along with you at this point.
0: Yeah, probably.
1: All right, and so here's here's sort of what what would do. He would, at this point, your um uh, your villain would pull out an artifact of some sort of dark power, and at which he would start trying to use the various negative emotions inside of your guys's characters to turn you against one another. Okay. Um, if that won't work, I would have to move to uh, the use of NPCs. And like, sort of starting to like, he, he's he's basically starting to take control of them and sort of use them against your own party. Okay. To sort of turn the whole group dynamic against itself, and then, okay. uh, and then based on what what happens, you uh, is depending on whether or not you'll have to uh, completely defeat them, or if you'll be able to break them out of their mindset. Uh, they're they're sort of mind melded before uh, it goes awry. Okay. Um, after that, find some way for you guys to get free of the situation and run, and then sort of have a little, um, uh, breakdown moment. Like, wow, this just happened. Like, he has the ability to turn the people we care about against us. He has the ability to turn our friends into our our enemies. This is the worst thing that could happen to us. We are good people. We've spent this whole time building friends and making it, and it doesn't mean anything anymore, because this guy has magic artifact A that does this Okay, And it'd be around this time that there would probably start Bringing in a couple more of your friends A couple more of your uh, people Who you know may have had something to do With some sort of Mind process in the past And it just I, I would find Someone convenient in the, in the story that Hadn't shown up yet to show up here And they would be the people That kind okay. of goes you, you can still do it Like you just have to you know Make sure that you all focus on what you're doing and kind of give you guys a pep talk and come up with a good plan and like you know and sort of show you
0: or you know you can you can chew this particular route and it'll give you you know mental resistance or yeah. something or something or like
1: and, and also poker. where
0: where these you know where these magic rings or something yeah. or
1: yeah there, there's some sort of artifact out there that you guys need to do and so that final break in 3 is your guys quest to go and find the thing that's going to pr- give you guys protection against this artifact that um, uh, is going to, you know, th- that turns your friends into enemies, and in the end, you fight the dude, and you're probably going to defeat him, or you're gonna, or the dice are going to turn against you, and you'll have to run and okay. come back another day.
0: So that's the, that's kind of the overall structure that the, uh, the campaign would take, then, huh?
1: Yeah, probably. Okay. Like again, like this is this is very. Top level, right?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: But I will say this is it is it is a story that I have never told before, and the reason that's the reason why I wanted to get your input on this is because I can come here and I can say stories that I've told a hundred times over, but just with different proper nouns in it.
0: Well, and I can I can pull people from multiple different gaming groups in my in my past, which I have done, um, including one person that no longer games anymore and throw them all together into one group to make you your job challenging, and you still did it. So
1: The one thing that I, I do want to say is the information that I've put here, while it's a great stone for you to build your story on, the inspiration has to come from you. Like, this is not all the information that you'll ever need to be a good writer or a good storyteller.
0: Sure, and I mean... The law of unintended consequences definitely applies to games. I mean, you could have this story in mind and your players could run off down the road to the next kingdom and now what, you know?
1: If you had run down the road to the next kingdom in this story, the guy would have followed you. That's one of the good things about having this nemesis here who was very much the twisted representation of the party and trying to, you know, make you guys seem like you were the, you know, the bad guys. Right.
0: That that and, That is one thing that's... Uh, that's useful about having like an evil inquisitor as your, as your campaign villain is. They tend to be implacable, and uh, very determined. <laughs> Plus, you know, using the superhero thing, he's an actual nemesis with a capital N. So that's kind of his role in the story, and he's gonna he's gonna persist even if it isn't rational because that's what a nemesis does, right? Uh, am I missing something no, here?
1: I would definitely see him as someone who is very like almost fervently burning with this passion that you must, that the world must be cleansed of you. Right. Likely because you associate with a vampire.
0: So implacable intractable and needs to be stopped to be stopped. You can't just get away from yeah.
1: him. Or, and he doesn't necessarily need to be killed. Like I can see you guys totally taking this guy alive. And of course uh, it'll likely be an Arkham style like thing where he's eventually probably going to get out, but you know, right. you're the good guys who didn't End him. You imprisoned
0: him. Yeah, and the the thing is that's that's good about that particular type of villain is once you get to that point, if you've got the guy like in chains and stuff, a lot of the power that made him a dangerous threat is going to be stripped oh, yeah. away from him real fast in the post log. You know, he might he might be every bit as determined, but he will no longer have the means.
1: And I'm sure that he'll eventually he'll probably eventually get different means, or probably still have some small group of followers. Who could still be a harassing force for you in the future of your campaign? But for the most part, you have dealt with him, and you've dealt with him in a very pure manner. That was the other reason, is because I-, I wanted to play up the, s- the whole Sins idea, uh, and that's also the reason why I made the-, the opening image and the theme stated having to relate with you guys judging crimes of passion. Is because that was the way I was seeing him trying to get at you guys, was through your own flaws and okay. your own sins
0: yeah no i I like that that's uh that's good that's done a nice job of illustrating how that works
1: yeah um it, again, some of that might have to be with some player consent is I probably would not have turned to player three and let them uh and had them go, Hey, do you totally want to turn into the uh, evil miss person who's gonna attack the party, but I would have right. pulled you player one and player two aside separately and said for story reasons. Like how comfortable are you like having your character kind of lose it and like attack the party, which will also let character 3 have a bit of spotlight when she's not the one who does it. Yeah,
0: and the the thing is I've I've used stuff like that in games in the past and I have been the I've definitely been the person who who was the one that turned, but not in games with player 3. And so, with that person, I, I kind of—the reason why I put that particular person in is I kind of wanted to help you illustrate that sometimes your your player group will take certain dramatic tools away from you due to their own, you know, personalities and what they can handle and that sort of thing. And since we're a Christian podcast, in addition to just being a role playing one, those are important concerns. Yeah. I mean, ideally, they should be in every gaming group, but I've been in some where they weren't, you know.
1: <laughs> and I hope you saw that i tried to make concessions for this
0: yeah no you did it you actually handled that really well that was that was one of the things that i kind of wanted to get to in the unpacking is it's like you you did kind of a nice job of illustrating that sometimes more creativity comes out of constraints because it's like oh well i would do this well you can't do that that's going to upset one of your players oh okay so now what (laughs) you know it's good to have a plan yeah
1: Because when you, when you said, "Oh, well, all we care about is the group," I'm like, "All right, I have to take the group away from them." Like, yeah. I, I'm, and, and admittedly, I you in the real world, you would have had something else. I would have built something else into the plot yeah, that you guys absolutely. Wanted, so I probably would not have had to ever take the group away from you.
0: But that's but that's not as challenging as a thought yeah. exercise. And so
1: in this thought exercise, I <laughs> was like, "All right, fine." I have to take away group cohesion. <laughs> well,
0: and the thing is, it was like, I want to see how you do this without reducing player three to tears, And I, I think you did find a good workaround. Yeah.
1: I mean, so, uh, so long as I don't say, all right, you are the only one. All right. She automatically passes her will save to this ar- artifact. You know, I have, I, I talk to one of you guys who says, Oh no, I rolled a one. Like, <laughs> boom. Yeah. Oh no, I rolled a one. And then we go. Uh, and if if I don't get that, well, then I will uh, fall back on NPCs because you guys right. can't control NPCs.
0: Well, and I mean, in a game that I can think of that had a couple of these people in it, there were definitely some NPCs that you could have done that with. So,
1: And then have you this huge moral choice of do we have to kill this NPC? Can we, you know, break this control? Or...
0: Well, and the the interesting thing was that in the in the specific case that I'm thinking of the, the most obvious NPC was this kind of this ice ghost that was in kind of a legendary hero from ages past that was inhabiting this magic sword that one of the player characters had so that character would occasionally pop up when they asked and dispense wisdom or um, towards the end of the campaign that character actually, they actually got another sword that was the same type so they would have the the n p c possess the sword sometimes in bigger fights and stuff, so doing something with that person or even just like binding that person into the sword so they couldn't get out again would have been a major deal in that
1: game so Peter, do you have any questions?
0: Not that I haven't already uh asked i don't think i'd be I'd be tempted to try this again, but I don't think we have enough time here I'm worried about. Forty-five minutes or so, probably. Once this is edited,
1: possibly a little shorter. Um, Part of me wanted to try to tr- try to throw this on you and see how you would do. With
0: yeah, it. well, I don't have your training, so. But you
1: have listened to my lessons.
0: Yeah, you'll you'll have to save that for uh, another day. All I right. think we definitely don't have time to do that now.
1: All right. So hopefully, at some point in the future, I will get Peter back on here and put his feet to the fire.
0: Well, and here's here's the other thing. That probably won't be as interesting or satisfying as this episode was because I'm much more of a wing-it kind of game master. I when I do structured narratives, it's mostly when I'm just sitting down and writing. So you could you could describe to me like I could give you a setting and you could describe to me my starting player group and I would tell you what, you know, how I would start stuff off but I tend to run games a lot more like Chad from Fear the Boot does which is to say I'll I'll play in a short distance ahead in a very loose fashion and then just roll with things that my player characters yeah, that's, do yeah
1: that's how I deal with my Monster Hearts games uh, But and it's probably how I'm going to start trying to deal with Dresden and that might be what I end up doing with Pathfinder also but this last one I have had arcs for Pathfinder
0: well and the thing is that I, I do definitely want to stress is that you know the way that you just described in the in the past episode, I think that's, uh, I don't think that's an invalid way of doing things. I mean, you can have an overarching story in mind without turning the entire thing into a railroad. You just had a few very specific points in there that, you know, took, what, about a half hour to describe? Your typical role-playing session, just one session, runs at least four times that long, even with a group of adults with, you know, lives and responsibilities that meet for a game for two hours a night on you know on skype or on you know google plus so there's there's certainly a lot of room for players to do unexpected things go off on side Mm -hmm. tangents that sort of thing and you've still got you can still have a structured story with a lot of yeah. it doesn't
1: change a couple facts that i've said and you know i can you can't And you can change those facts if they haven't been mentioned yet. Right. Or you could always introduce new facts.
0: Heck, if they, you know, track down the villain early and take him out, well, he can be working for somebody else, or, you know... Oh, yeah, his
1: second-in-command does this. Or
0: perhaps, you know, he was never a villain at all, but this being fantasy, he was possessed by some, you know, demon or something who's now the real villain that you have to deal (laughs) with, or...
1: Oh, he was possessed by that artifact thing. Yeah. Now, Now I basically go to one of the players and go... Now the
0: artifact is, you know, is sentient and has taken over some other... NPC you know powerful individual or NPC that was important to the party or something and now what yeah.
1: like that, that could easily be it is you know you get there you defeat the bad guy one of the NPC picks up like this ring goes oh this is a nifty ring puts it on his eyes glow red and he starts running off at a really fast speed because the evil force doesn't want that guy they want someone else like <laughs> yeah once once that guy's done he's gone.
0: Like. <laughs> and everybody's like uh oh
1: <laughs> stop running
0: to your own death <laughs> yeah <laughs> i command you to stop running to your doom <laughs> all right well i think as uh as bonus episodes go um that still fit into one of our series i think we did pretty good for this one should we uh should we wrap this That's one I up believe here
1: so. all
0: right thanks for listening everybody uh you know just one more reminder, we should have our full hosting staff back next time, which means that we will be able to do kindness from our Virtues and Vices series. And then we're planning to have some interesting guest hosts this fall. So keep an ear out for that. Also, don't forget coming up, episode 50 is going to be a live user interaction show. Uh, we're going to be probably having that on a weekend at some point, And we're going to be doing like a hangout on air kind of thing. So listen for more details as that gets closer but uh for now thank you for listening and uh have a good one everybody see ya this podcast episode is a production of saving the game and may be redistributed under a creative commons non-commercial non-derivative license so long as appropriate credit is given our music is by ryan humphrey saving the game is syndicated through inroads ministries.com rpgpodcasts.com stitcher.com and itunes To hear past episodes and to connect with us or our community of listeners, visit our website at savingthegamepodcast.org. God bless, and happy gaming.